0: This week on The Perfect Scam.
1: They pretty much were telling me my mother left me and my father and my brothers. um, that She took the money and ran off. That there was like maybe another man involved. Oh my God. um, Like she had a separate second life is what they were telling me.
0: Welcome back to The Perfect Scam. I'm your host, Bob Sullivan. Today... A mom goes missing, and a whole town helps find her. Heather Newsom lives in the small Ohio town of Warren, outside Youngstown. Famous as the birthplace of drummer Dave Grohl, and for a park with what are known as the world's largest drumsticks, but small enough that a young photographer like Heather could take pictures of the entire downtown in one lovely fall afternoon. Heather is the first member of her family to graduate from college. She just graduated last year, thanks to a full scholarship from grandma. She still works at a grocery store while she's getting her photography business off the ground. And she was at the store one morning when her mom Judy got a strange phone call and soon Judy Newsom had disappeared. As the whole family, the whole town really, searches frantically for clues, they have only one. Judy withdrew $10,000 from the bank before she took off. But let's back up a bit. Judy's disappearance was strange indeed in a town like Warren. Heather is very proud of her home.
1: It's a pretty small area in Ohio, small city. There's only about, give or take, a thousand or less people in the city. And we are really well known for our downtown area. It's super historic.
0: When Judy Newsom, Heather's mom, talks about her home. She longs for the good old days. I want you to tell me about Warren, Ohio. How long have you lived there?
2: I've been here my whole life. I'm 64. I've only been gone for a year, so I've been here 63 years. When I was growing up, my mom and us kids, we used to go downtown like every weekend. We had stores down there. We had restaurants. We we had everything down there when we were younger. We loved it.
0: COVID-19 hit the Newsom family hard. First, Judy lost her longtime job as a waitress due to COVID.
1: My mom, she was a waitress for about 20 plus years. She recently lost her job due to the pandemic last year. We were assuming that they didn't give her a call back because my mom's schedule was very limited. Because at the time, uh, my mother was my grandmother's full-time caretaker. Uh, My grandmother kind of went downhill after we lost my grandfather in 2014. And she came to live with us for about seven years. And she just passed away September
0: 1st. It was a double blow to the heart, losing her mom after losing her job. Judy's work at the restaurant was much more than a job, actually. Judy's regulars made it feel like a second family.
2: I had regulars um, Tuesdays, Fridays. I had at least two, three parties every day. They came in and asked for me. Then I had these ladies coming in on Mondays, and they asked for me. Oh, yeah, I had all kinds of regulars in that. It's That's,
0: really hard, right? It's like losing a family yeah. when you lose a job like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, there was one family. Um, they were older. They were, he was like a second father to me, his wife and him. They always came in every Fridays, and... And he loved oatmeal, and I'm the only one that could make his oatmeal right. If I wasn't there, he had a fit because I wasn't there (laughs) to make his oatmeal.
0: (laughs) Heather knew her mom was in a bad way and tried to help her find work. But again, misfortune struck.
2: After my mom passed in September, I got a job where Heather was working. I was there for about a week or so. And I was going to work on a Monday one day, and I fell down the basement steps. And I thought I broke my left foot, but I didn't. I just badly sprained it. So I was off work then for about a month for that.
0: So one fall morning, sitting at home, sad about losing her job, her mom, with an aching foot and not knowing when she might be able to work again, a strange call came to the house. And soon after, Judy Newsom vanished. Heather was working early morning and found out about it when she got home soon after.
1: So um, it was November 18th. I came home and my dad was frantic and he wasn't making much sense. He was telling me my mom got a phone call um, around like 10 o'clock in the morning and the person on the phone didn't want him to speak like to my dad. like he was not allowed to be on this conversation. My mother was writing things down like crazily, like she just brought out a notebook and just started jolting things down left and right. And my dad confronted her was like, "Hey, you know, let me speak to this person and my mom's like, no, 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 you know, just like being really secretive.
0: Heather tries to decide if her father is overreacting or if something is really wrong. But as she gets more details from her dad, Her concern swells. Her father says he decided to let her mom finish the phone call and then he'd try to get the story out of her. But that didn't work. Not at all.
1: Before he had a chance to, my mom was getting dressed, grabbing her purse, and she was out the door. So my dad followed her. He followed her to our bank. And he went up to her window, and she rolled up the window on him, locked her car doors, mm-hmm. and pretty much set off in the car. So my dad followed her again. And he was, like, pretty much, like, on a car chase with her. Um, he told me for about, like, 30 minutes until he lost sight of her. Like, he couldn't find her. Like, my mom pretty much duked him out and driving.
0: So dad comes home, hoping Judy will make her way home, too. But by the time Heather gets back from work, he's in full panic mode. Heather starts taking over the search. They retrace mom's steps.
1: He's asking me, like, have you seen your mother? Did your mother talk to you? And I'm like, no. I'm like, she hasn't said anything to me all day. I've been at work. And he was like, well, she got this weird phone call, and she won't let me know what's going on. And I'm really concerned. I'm scared. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, let's not rush to conclusions. I'm like, where's the last time that you saw her? And that's when he told me the bank. So I'm like, okay well, the bank's going to have some information. If she was there, she probably did a transaction. So I call the bank and of course the bank won't give me any information because I'm just their daughter. So I just put this lady on speakerphone at the bank. And that's when she tells my dad that my mother was there in the morning, probably around, let's say 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And she withdraw 10 grand from her savings. 10 yeah. grand. My, wow. Yes. My parents' savings. So Immediately, that's a really huge red flag because, again, if you know my mom, she's the kind of person that complains about like taking out on a hundred dollars to go, mm. you know, do something for the house. So, ten grand is a lot for her to uh, just, you know, take out, especially with my dad not knowing. So, I'm like, oh my gosh, what, what did she get herself into?
0: It could have been anything. Heather knows her mom was in a bad frame of mind and she's scared
1: i'm like what did my brother get himself into you know these are things like going through my mind i'm like something must have happened in the family where this money needs to be desperately reached does she owe someone money did she you know because of the pandemic and she lost her job i'm like do we owe someone money you know like there's these all these scenarios going through my head
0: her mind racing heather decides to go to the police and try to file a missing persons report but rather than make her feel better That makes her feel even worse.
1: They pretty much were telling me my mother left me and my father and my brothers. um, That she took the money and ran off that there was like maybe another man involved oh my God. Um, like she had a separate second life is what they were telling me and they were saying like because she's not picking up her phone for me or my brothers or my dad and she hasn't been seen in this long and all this money is gone she doesn't want to be found is what they were telling me That's and i'm like pre- okay wow. I know I was really upset about this because I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about or who you're talking about. Because my mom, like, you know, I understand like marriages can get tough sometimes, but like her kids, her kids are her life. You know, she would never, ever leave us.
0: So she heads back home and now the rest of the family sweeps into action. Heather starts to enlist anyone she can in the search.
1: We're all crying, we're all freaking out. My brother takes on hotels. My oldest brother stays at the house in case she comes home. And me and my sister-in-law, we go around stores, grocery stores, department stores, um, gas stations. My brother, when he's searching hotels, he thinks that my mom just kind of slipped, like losing her mother, the pandemic, and the job, but we just couldn't figure out why the money was taken out if that was the case. So he's checking hotels. I'm checking stores. My sister-in-law calls me because she goes to this gas station, meets this very popular guy at the gas station and he has a lot of friends on Facebook. And he was like, you know, tell your sister-in-law to post a picture of her mother on her Facebook asking if anybody's seen her, and I'll share it. And you know, if we get any leads, I'll let you know.
0: A few minutes later, the first clue about what's happening comes in from a grocery store.
1: My sister-in-law, she happens to stop at the grocery store here in our area. And sure enough, the cashiers recognize my mom. So she gives me a call because they won't give her any information because she's not an actual family member. So I get there and the kicker was, is I work for this grocery store. I work for a different one, but I work for one. So I come in full uniform (laughs) and I'm like, Hi, you know, I heard that you guys have seen my mom. Um, Can I please have some information on this? Because I haven't seen her and neither has my dad. And there's a lot of money gone and we're getting worried. So they print me out the transactions and everything. And sure enough, they tell me, yeah, your mom was here in the morning and she bought five grand in gift cards.
0: $5,000 in gift cards? That's a real clue, but it makes no sense to Heather. What are those $5,000 in gift cards for? It does give Heather an idea, however. Maybe her mom is driving around with cash from the bank buying gift cards. And maybe her next step is another store in the grocery chain she works for. So she drives across town and... pay dirt. Mom had been there, too, and bought another $5,000 in gift cards. In fact, Heather missed her by just a few minutes.
1: And what made me really upset is I was a half hour short of missing her at the other store. Oh, man. Like, she must have been in the parking lot when I was there. It just didn't dawn on me that she would still be in the parking lot.
0: Judy wasn't still in the parking lot. A few minutes earlier, she had driven off still trying to understand what was happening to her that mysterious phone call the call that started all this had come only a few hours earlier judy's perspective on this very long very terrible day is quite different from heather's i asked judy to take me right back to the beginning of the day and tell me what the caller had said that made her jump into her car and race away from her family it
2: came early in the morning i think it was about 10 10:30 I answered the phone.
0: Oh, you're by yourself?
2: Yes. My husband was outside in the garage. Heather was at work. And um, he called and I go, hello. And he goes, is this Judy? And I go, yes, it is. And he goes, is your last name Newsom?" And I go, yes, it is. And he gave me his name and he said he was an agent. And he said it's your social security number. And he gave me my social security number. And I said, yes, it was. And he then he told me, he goes, well, we found a car. I forget what state it was. And he said, we found a lot of drugs and a lot of money and a lot of papers, documents with your husband and your name on it. And he goes, we're an agent. And he goes, you will be arrested if you didn't follow what I tell you to do. And I go, oh yeah, I was scared. And I didn't tell my husband, I don't know why I didn't. And he goes, is there anybody there with you? And I said, no, not right now. And he goes, good, he goes, do you have a cell phone? And I go, yes. He goes, give me your cell phone number. So I gave him the cell phone number. And he goes, now, he goes, I want you to go to your car and he goes, I want you to ride around for about 10 minutes. So I did. My husband, when I was leaving, came in to ask me what was I doing. I told him I had to leave. And he goes, where are you going? And I went and tell him. And he goes, who is the call from? And I said, I can't tell you. And he goes, well, where are you going? And I said, I, I, I can't tell you. He said, I'll be back. Well, he followed me. And he followed me to the bank. And he got out, and I was in my car, and I locked my doors and everything. I wouldn't let him in, and he kept on yelling, you know, what are you doing here, what are you doing here? He goes, what are you going to do? And I said, nothing. I said, I just stopped here. And and he goes, well, who's the call you got from? And I said, everything will be okay. I said, I'll explain it to you tonight. He says, I got some things to do.
0: So Judy takes off, following the instructions of the agent on the phone. But her husband isn't giving up that easily.
2: So he left. Well, he didn't actually leave. I left and he followed me. And while he was following me, I was talking to the guy on the cell phone. And he goes, what's wrong? And I said, my husband's following me. He goes, well, try to lose him. And I said, okay, I'll try. So I did lose him. And then I stopped. I don't know where it was somewhere. And I told him I lost him. He goes, good. He goes, now, he goes, I want you to go to the bank and get $10,000 Ten thousand dollars out, and I wonder how in the world did he know that I had that kind of money in the bank in the first place? Mm. You know, and he he said he knew it, and I, he didn't tell me. You know, and then he goes, "If you don't want to go to jail," he goes, he really got stressed with me. I mean, really strict. He goes, "If you don't want to go to jail," he goes, "You better do this." And I said, "Okay."
0: So she gets the money from the bank, and then picks up the phone again. The man on the other end of the line now instructs her to go buy some gift cards.
2: Did you um, get the $10,000 out? And I said, yes. He goes, now I want you to take 5000 of it. He goes, I want you to go to a grocery store. And he says, I want you to get $5,000 in gift cards. And he goes, make sure they are the scratch ones. And I said, okay. So I went into one of the stores and I got $5,000 gift cards. Well, while I was in there, when I was going into the store, he told me, keep your cell phone on. He goes, so I can hear you. Judy,
0: I'm sorry to interrupt, but what was going through your mind at this point?
2: I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, I should have thought something wasn't right because he wanted me to keep the phone on. He wanted to know what I was doing and everything. But I don't know, it just didn't dawn on me.
0: Judy here is under the ether, almost like under a spell. At this point, just following instructions from the criminals.
2: So I went and got the $5,000. I came out to the car and the gift cards. I told him on the phone, I got the gift cards. He goes, good. He goes, now, he goes, I want you to scratch the numbers off the back and give them to me. And I said, okay. So I'm in the car and I'm scratching all these numbers, all these gift cards. And I gave him the numbers. Then he goes, good. He goes, now, I'm going to repeat the numbers back to you. So he repeated the numbers back to me from the gift cards. And I said, yeah, they were all right.
0: But it doesn't stop there. The agent tells Judy to keep going.
2: I want you to go to the same store, but a different area. So I went to another one in a different area. I went in there and got $5,000 more dollars of gift cards, came back to the car, and I told him I have the gift cards here. And he said, well, do the same thing. He said, scratch the numbers off and give them to me. So I gave him the numbers again.
0: At almost the same time, Heather is inside the store asking questions about her mom. But the two just miss each other. At this point, that agent shows a softer side to Judy, expresses concern for her well-being.
2: And I don't know what time that was. I'm going to say maybe three four o'clock he goes are you doing okay he goes are you sure you don't want something to eat or drink and take a break I said yeah I could I could so I went in back in and I got me something to drink and something to eat and um and I came back and I told him I was eating drinking. he goes good he goes take about a half an hour so he goes and I'll call you back and that so I did I took a break and then about half an hour later he called me back And then he goes, now, he goes, I want you to go to another branch of your bank and get another 5,000 out. And I go, another 5,000? He goes, don't worry, he goes, you're gonna have the money back that that night. He goes, I'll have an agent, come to your house that night and bring you a cashier's check for $15,000. The guy will be there to explain to your husband, your family, everything and that.
0: It's the end of the day now and the agent tells her, hang up and wait. You'll get a call soon explaining when another agent will arrive with a cashier's check to give you your money back and to explain everything. But as Judy sits and waits and waits and waits, an awful feeling starts to consume her.
2: So I'm sitting in a car, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. Half hour comes, no call. And it's going on about seven thirty quarter to eight. No call. So I waited till eight o'clock. no call. That was an hour. And I had the number, and I called him. no answer. And I'm sitting there thinking right there. I said, I've been scammed. I know mm. I've been scammed. And I waited, and I came home about eight thirty that night. And I was, oh. Uh, I was worked up. I just couldn't believe I did
0: it. Judy slowly realizes that she has to walk into her home and face her family, feeling like she's let everyone down. But instead, she finds out just how much they love her.
2: When I got home, my kids came running out, and my older son came out and goes, Mom, where were you? Because we were scared. We thought you were dead. And, that. and I said, I'm all fine. I'm fine. He goes, what did you do? And... And I said, I, I was crying and I said, I lost $15,000. And my husband came out out of the garage and all he did is took me and hugged me. And, showed, and he goes, oh, he goes, I thought you were dead. He goes, I don't care about the money. He goes, as long as you were okay, he goes, I'm fine.
0: Still, the loss hits hard. Much more than money had been stolen from the family that day.
2: We had money say, but part of that was my mom's inheritance. And that really hurt me because I used her inheritance, you know, I was going to use it to help. Fixed a house and did things to the house and that.
0: It's only money, but it feels like the criminal stole part of the matriarch's legacy from the family. Heather says the loss was devastating to her mom. It was obvious when she walked into the house that night.
1: The best way to describe how she was, she was a zombie. There was no emotions. It was like a different person. It really was. It was like, this was not my mom. I don't know who it was. Same body, same face, but definitely not my mom, you know? She's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm like, yeah, neither do we, but, you know, we'll figure that out as the days go by.
0: In the days and weeks that follow, it doesn't seem like the emotional toll is getting any better. But Heather works hard to help her mom.
1: I was
2: terrible. I felt useless in playing with And then um, the kids got me into counseling. And then Heather, she um, told me, you know, moms, I'm going out. She goes, you got to get over this, moms. I know it's a lot of money, but you're alive. She goes, that's the main thing. You're alive. We thought you were dead. And Jimmy, that's my husband, he goes, why don't you go get clean up and go out with Heather for a while? He said, it would do you some good just to get out. And he goes, it's no use to do it. it's done it's over with he goes there's nothing we can do about the money he goes you're safe he goes money can be replaced you can't and then I said okay so got up got a shower got dressed and, and she took me out and it felt good being out it must feel
0: so amazing to have that kind of support mm-hmm.
2: and my sons they did too they came over and Set with me and talked with me and asked me if I needed anything and how I was doing. They called me all the time and everything and that. I'll tell you, Heather was a rock to me. She she was. She really got me through this.
0: The story the criminals told Judy about drugs being found in a car that was in her name, her husband's name. It was convincing because they had a lot of personal information even her social security number. Judy has no idea how they knew so much about her. Do you think these folks had some way of knowing that your your mom's your mom had passed? I
2: don't know. If they did or not? I couldn't tell you. I don't know how they found out, how they found out how much money I had in my bank account.
0: And they had your social security number. They too, had my right?
2: social security number, not the last four digits, the whole thing, and I was shocked. How in the world do they get it?
0: And that made the whole thing pretty believable, right?
2: Right, right. And then I called the Social Security office to report it. And when I got on the phone, I find out that Social Security is saying there's gift card scams going on. And I, oh, geez. And I got caught in one.
0: Jo Lee Porter works with victims like Judy all the time. She's an assistant U.S. attorney and works on the Transnational Elder Fraud Strike Force, at the Department of Justice Consumer Protection Branch. The story the criminals told Judy is all too familiar.
3: That is a common fraud that is used by these scammers. It's where they pretend to be law enforcement and they say your social security number is involved in this crime. And they really get the individual on the phone to believe that there will be bad consequences if they don't hurry and buy gift cards. And I've seen this in other cases that I've prosecuted. They will tell the victim, don't tell anyone. This is a secret investigation. This is between you and me. I've had a case where they kept the victim on the phone for over 11 hours while she went from store to store to store buying over $35,000 worth of gift cards.
0: She says the scams, unfortunately, are really effective and really hard to stop.
3: A lot of imposter scams originate overseas because investigations of entities and individuals overseas involve separate countries with separate law enforcement regimes. They can be slower moving than cases where all of the actors in the US. That's not to say that the cases are never successful because we have had some great successes in prosecuting these types of cases. But there are more barriers, and they are slower moving than often purely domestic.
0: At the Transnational Elder Fraud Strike Force, Jolie is focused on crimes targeting older Americans. Is there anything about elderly people that make them particularly vulnerable?
3: There are studies that have shown that as we age, we can become more trustworthy, That's part of it, and there are other factors as well. There are other studies that show increased isolation, which can sometimes happen with older individuals, can lead to an increased likelihood of being defrauded through various types of schemes. I've also seen, unfortunately, in some of my own cases that I've prosecuted, the fraudsters taking advantage of individuals with cognitive decline in their later years. And so particularly pernicious scammers will take advantage of individuals when they do have dementia or other issues that cause them to um, have some sort of cognitive decline.
0: Older Americans victimized by these kinds of crimes often report larger losses per incident, Jolie said. That's the bad news, but...
3: But there is good news. Um, Older consumers are increasingly protecting themselves from these scams. The overwhelming majority of fraud reports filed with the Federal Trade Commission by people 60 or over indicated they didn't have any monetary loss. So when older adults are educated about the scams, before they happen, they're often able to avoid becoming victims of those scams.
0: Jolie has straightforward, easy-to-follow advice when it comes to gift cards.
3: sort of line I repeat often is, gift cards are for gifts, not for payments. So if anyone calls and tells you to buy gift cards to make a payment or secure your assets, take a moment, hang up the phone, verify it. But if they're asking for a payment with a gift card, it's a scam, so you know you don't need to do that.
0: For Judy Newsom. Her run-in with gift card scammers is going to stay with her for a long time.
3: I mean, I'll never
2: forget about it. Never. I, I, I still think about it every day.
0: Judy knows she has the support of her family, and that's one good thing that came out of this. But there's something else. Heather actually sometimes sells gift cards to customers at her grocery store. In fact, she's been trained to spot buyers under duress. Even before this incident, she says she's stopped some crimes in progress by talking potential victims out of buying gift cards for criminals. But now her words carry even more weight. Just a couple
1: days ago, Bob, I had someone come to me frantic. I mean, she looked terrified. And she's on the phone and she tells me, can you please talk to this guy? And I was like, uh, sure. <laughs> so I get on the phone and all I hear is, hello, do you have Nike gift cards? And I'm like, oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. Mm. So I set the phone down on the counter and I look at her without him in, you know, in earshot. And I'm like, ma'am, is this man telling you that you need to buy gift cards or you're going to go to jail? And she looks at me, she shakes her head, yes. And I'm like, mm. so I just click her phone off and I put it down. And I'm like, the IRS will never, ever call you and or accept payment and gift cards please you know if that phone number calls again do not answer it and i said you are not in any trouble you are fine i promise you you're you're going to be fine when you go home no one is going to be there to arrest you i'm like if you do have a warrant out for your arrest they're not going to call you and let you know that they're gonna come and arrest you, you know, in whatever day. And I'm like, my mom literally just went through this a couple months ago. Please don't let that happen to you.
0: I think that makes Heather a certified fraud fighter now. Gift card fraud is a really, really big problem, and it's going to take a lot of effort to fight it from everyone, retailers, families, card issuing banks, cell phone networks. But we could sure use a lot more people like Heather clerks at stores who spend just a couple of extra minutes asking a few questions when someone comes in, looking or sounding agitated, and tries to buy a set of high-dollar gift cards. If you have been targeted by a scam or fraud, you are not alone call the AARP Fraud Watch Network helpline at 877-908-3360. Their trained fraud specialists can provide you with free support and guidance on what to do next. Thank you to our team of Scambusters, Executive Producer Julie Getz, Producer Brooke Ellis, Associate Producer and Researcher Megan Demagnus, our audio engineer Julio Gonzalez, and of course, fraud expert Frank Abagnale. Be sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For AARP's The Perfect Scam, I'm Bob Sullivan. Are you 55 plus? There are many ways your community could use your help. As an AmeriCorps seniors volunteer, you can put your skills to work for the causes you care about, whether that's by becoming a companion for an older adult, or a foster grandparent for a child, tutoring students, joining a disaster response effort, or fulfilling another interest. Choose how, where, and when you want to volunteer, starting at just a few hours a month. This is your moment to make a positive impact on your community and get back so much more in return. Visit americourt.gov slash yourmoment today.